Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. That's right, Payne, back here on the Jack and Payne show right on SEN Hobart. And our next guest is, well, is that, well he's one of the, the most important men, the most 18 most important men in the AFL landscape. And that will be scaled down, down to eight after this weekend's uh, round of games as we head into finals. But most importantly, he's a very hardened Tasmanian. Uh, he's current, the current Brisbane Lion coach. And, of course, he's a member of the Tasmanian Hall of Fame. That is, of course, Chris Fagan. Chris, welcome to Jack and Paney. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. It's uh, good, good to have a chat. Now, before we get on to chatting about your, your Tasmanian football life, with the current COVID crisis, mate, and uh, every state shutting their border left, right and centre, where, where do you currently come from? Are you in Brisbane with the boys? Yeah, so we're in Brisbane at the moment. We're living under the AFL protocols. So basically, you know, we live at home, go to the Gabba, and we can go for a walk and grab a coffee from somewhere, but we can't go, can't pretty much do anything else. So uh, it's understandable, I guess. It's a bit risky at the moment. So that's our life. It's not too bad. could be worse, I reckon. Dan Fakes, mate, obviously Tasmanian, as we've touched on, grew up on uh, the gravel of the Queenstown Oval, mate. What sort of impact has, has Tasmanian football had on your life and, and your career? Oh, massive, really, Tim. Uh, you know, growing up in Queenstown, it was, it was actually a fantastic place to grow up. When I lived there, it was quite a big town. It had about 10,000 people there, and you could play every sport you wanted to play as often as you wanted to play it. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the older guys around there that, that played senior footy were, were good men that would take you under their arm and teach you how to play the game. And my old man was a coach. Austin, he was a coach around there. So um, I had a fantastic uh, upbringing in sport, I'd have to say. Um, and then obviously my family moved to Hobart and uh, just continued on down there. But I, you know, I've treasured all the opportunities that I had in football in Tasmania, uh, the coaches that I had that were, were influential on me and um, a lot of the players I played alongside. So uh, uh, I have very fond memories of my times down there and uh, sometimes I wish I was still that age and still doing those things. Don't we all, folks? Don't we all? Uh, one thing I'm very <laughs> jealous of what you do for the Brisbane boys, and you've done for for a while now, is you actually take the um, take the boys down. Your, your preseason camps have been based uh, predominantly out of Hobart, but certainly out of Tasmania. Have you ever taken the boys up to to Queenstown? Because I know that one of the pet hates of of AFL coaches and and, and football coaches is players going to ground. Have you ever taken them to Queenstown <laughs> and showed them what, what the gravel looks like? And this is how you don't go to ground because if you go to ground, you're definitely going to feel it. I've thought about it, Jack, um, I must admit, because that's one thing you do learn from a young age down there is do not fall over, because if you do, you cut your legs open. Um, oh, look, you know, yeah, we have had camps, a couple in Lonnie and, and uh, a couple in Hobart. Uh, good time of the year, January in, in Tasmania, so we've, we've really enjoyed that. And I suppose one of the things, I, you know, in all honesty, I would have liked to have done is take them around there and show them back around and let them have a training run on it, because it's, a, it's quite a unique experience. Um, but uh, we, it's, a, it's a fair drive to Hobart, as you, uh, to Queensland, as you know. So I uh, sort of haven't been able to make that trip, but maybe one day we'll get there. I've actually yeah, been there and had a kick pony on. Players 
handling that, Jack? No, I've How been there and had a kick on, on Queenstown. I've had been there and had a kick on Queenstown. I don't know what sort of bounce it would have on the wicket, though, for a seamer, but it's, uh, it's one thing you have to do. It's no, it's no good on moulded sole boots, Jack. It's right. no good on moulded sole boots. They don't last very long. Balls don't Screw-ins. last very long. And, and cricket, cricket on the gravel, the new ball is gone in no time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if there's one place in the world it's going to reverse swing, it's got to be Queenstown, doesn't it? <laughs> be a chance, I suppose. <laughs> Very early. In. Now, mate, um, yeah. just touching on your own playing career here, 263 games for Hobart, Sandy Bay and Devonport. Two TFL flags uh, represented Tasmania on 11 occasions and people probably forget that you're actually the inaugural coach of the Tassie Mariners back in the day. Can you remember... Those early days of, of the Tassie Mariners, some players you coached um, and some fond memories of those times? Yeah, look, it was a great um, honour to coach the Tassie Mariners, to be honest. I, um, I was a school teacher at the time and I always was trying to work out a way I could work full-time in footy because I, I loved it that much. And um, the opportunity came along to, to coach the Tassie Mariners and be the state director of coaching. And I was lucky enough to, to get the job and uh, um, I wondered what I got myself into. The first year we got... I think we won one, uh, two games for the year, the first game and the last game, believe it or not. And it was, um, uh, well, we were just a long way behind the, the Victorian teams who were very strong at the time. And um, But it was a wonderful thing for Tassie football because we adapted and got better. And, you know, the next year we, we uh, I think we won the under-18 championships in Division 2 for the first time and, and uh, made finals in the TAC Cup. Uh, there was a final played at Bell Reve Oval. I reckon 10,000 people turned up, which is the... No, no one could imagine in TAC Cup 40 that that many people would turn up, but they did in Tassie. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a fantastic um, opportunity. I loved every moment of it. Uh, there was there was some good players that came out of that uh, particular time. Uh, you know, Russell Robertson is one that um, jumps into my mind. He was uh, yep. he was literally. a member of that team and went on to play. Uh, yeah, literally, he went on to play a couple of hundred games at Melbourne. I was lucky enough to coach him there. Uh, Brody Holland was another player. Uh, Jared Bennett, uh, Daniel McAllister. I think I think we had Benny Burns. I think we had about eight or nine players drafted in my second year, so that was really exciting, either on rookie or, or senior lists. And uh, yeah. you know, Brad Green came along a little a little bit later, but some some very very good players uh, ends up having great careers in the AFL. And uh, you know, whenever I see him, we have had that experience together, and we often we often talk about it. Um, Brady Rawlings is another one. I remember you know Brady him turning up to. Penguin Sports Complex for, for for squad training on the northwest coast. He was 15 at the time, and I looked at him and thought, "Geez, you're pretty good." And I walked up to him on the first night of training. I said, oh, how many games do you actually play for the Mariners this year, mate?" And he goes, "Oh, I don't reckon I play any." I said, "Well, you played in the first game, and uh, he played every game thereafter, and was uh, was drafted as a bottom age uh, uh, guy, and ended up, you know, playing. Oh, did he get to 300 games for North Melbourne? He must have got close. He had, he had a really good career anyway. It would have been would have been really close, but certainly now and yeah. now a prominent figure in in North at North Melbourne is a, a yeah, general is. manager yeah. as well, list manager. Yeah. Um, yeah. Folks, the, the the biggest news at the moment in in Tasmanian football has been the the Colin Carter report into Tasmania and their their own team. Have, have you read the report? And if you have, what have you what have you made of even the commentary that's that's been around at the moment? Yeah, I, I must admit, Jack, I have got a copy of it on my computer, and I haven't had a chance to read it, so. that's bad of me but I'll tell you I'm really glad that he said that we should have a team that's the first thing Um, uh, uh, that's that's step number one I guess Um, how it eventuates is the the age old problem that nobody seems to be able to solve Um, you know somebody has to bite bite the bullet on on some decision making there I think but um, 
Uh, hopefully, at some point in time, they might be able to put a little bit of a deadline on it and say, well, it's going to happen by this date. And so, you know, the infrastructure can start to be put together for the team and, yeah, and, and, and what form the team's going to take. I would have thought it'll be hard to be a start-up team, but um, maybe the way that it goes. Personally, I would have thought more likely that we'd I'd relocate um, another AFL team to Tasmania, but I know that's not very comfortable for any club that's name might be mentioned in that regard. But they'd certainly be well off and looked after down there. And you know, I've always thought, and Tim's been the beneficiary of this, but Paddy's had his team in the in the Sheffield Shield for as long as I can remember. And as a result, we've produced some absolutely fantastic cricketers. And I just honestly believe if there was a, a Tassie team um, based in, obviously in Tasmania, that the number of kids that would come through would suddenly grow again and uh, we'd see more Tasmanians playing AFL footy because right now I'm a little bit worried at the grassroots level down there that the young guys can't see the, can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, which the Tassie Mariners used to create for them a little bit, but uh, now that's not there. So I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll get there. There's obviously a lot of work to be done. Um, um, the government's obviously right behind us. They're probably getting frustrated that they can't get a, a direct answer and a timeline, but uh, hopefully we'll persevere and get there in the end. The, the other one off the back of that is, is there any, and the, I suppose you were coaching the Mariners and then you went into probably more of the director of football and, and the, the step back from, from the coaching panel, but You've, you've you've taken on that coaching role with Brisbane and something that's fired up later in in your career is would would it be tempting to to be the inaugural coach if if that opportunity arose of a Tasmanian team? Oh, I've never actually thought about it, Jack. I, I mean, it probably could take another six or seven years, and by that time, I won't be too far off seventy. So uh, <laughs> I might be a bit old, mate. Some of the great coaches are at <laughs> seventy. Oh, you, oh, you, you never le- you never stop learning, fags. <laughs> yeah, I know that, Jack. But uh, I don't know, mate. It'd be it'd be fantastic to have an involvement uh, of some description in it if it was if it all worked out. But um, um, you know, even just helping to set it up so that it's on a good in a, on a good foundation, I think is pretty important. But uh, it'll just all depend on uh, how long it takes, I guess, and whether I'm still uh, you know got all my marbles, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'll, I'll put a good word in because I know Jack's going to be heavily involved. He's been telling us a bit. But, uh, <laughs> mate, your lines... Jack? <laughs> Pardon? Miss manager, Jack, which, which role are you going for, mate? Uh, if I'm this no, manager, I'm picking myself in the first round, fake, so I can play. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm yeah, certainly right. trying to get into to Gill and, and Peter Gutwin. I reckon we can get aside next year or the, maybe two years away. I've got one more left at the Tigers and then roll down there on the sort of Luke Hodge contract that, that we've seen up at Brisbane. <laughs> Yeah, well, it worked. He's helped us enormously. Big uh, time. Perhaps you could pass on all your knowledge to young Tasmanians, mate. Wouldn't be a bad thing. Now, Fags, uh, your boys at the moment looking like they're coming good at the right time. You had an interesting month, a a tough month, form-wise, but look to have turned the corner right at the right time of the year. Um, How do you see your tracking and and how do you compare it, I suppose, to your last couple of finals campaigns, um, same time sort of the last couple of years? Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit different this year. Obviously, we, we lost games early, well, one and three, and must admit to being a little bit worried. All the all the historians were saying it's pretty difficult to make finals from from that sort of uh, start. But uh, you know, credit to the to the players, they've they've uh, turned all that around, and we've we've managed to get ourselves there. Um, then we had a bumpy road again, you know, five weeks ago when the St Kilda and the Tigers beat us, and 
I think we beat Gold Coast in between losing to Hawthorne down in Tassie. So it was three, three losses in four weeks again. And, yeah, you sort of start to wonder where's our form gone. Um, but as it turned out, the, the loss against Hawthorne, we, we kicked eight goals to one in the last quarter and just re-found a little bit of our mojo, I suppose. And we're able to then go to Perth. Uh, we spent the week over there in the build-up to playing three-man. That just gave us a little bit of time together to, to just... Uh, reassess things I think and, and reset our goals and you know I said I showed the players a lot of positive vision of them playing really well this year and probably you know when when you're locked up in uh, in hotels it's better off to go down the positive pathway than the negative pathway I think so uh, we did that reminded them of how good they'd been and, and uh, fortunately they hit their straps against Fremantle and were able to continue that on last week against Collingwood so our last two weeks we've you know we've scored heavily we've defended well um and we get another chance this weekend to sort of try and build on that against West Coast up here on on Saturday night. So hopefully we can keep it going. Um, I think the difference between this year and previous years is we've hit the finals in the last two years on the back of a lot of wins in a row. And I felt like, to some degree, our form was sort of on the taper when we hit finals. This year I feel a little bit different. I feel like we are actually on the up. And I reckon... Um, I honestly think too that the form that we've that we've showed at different times this year is is a cut above anything we've done in the previous two years. So, if we can reproduce that um, on a regular basis over the next few weeks, I think we're a, we're a good chance to be competitive against all, all teams that are currently there. So, um, um, yeah, well, there's a bit of optimism around the club, I'd say. Folks. <sighs> I certainly think that at the moment you, you, you're right with the way you guys are preparing for finals and, and clearly previous experiences have led to you guys being well prepared to, to go in. But the, the top four is, is so vital to get that double crack at, at going as deep as you can in the finals. How closely do you do you watch the, the Dogs and, and Port game? Uh, clearly that's the one where if the Bulldogs... Uh, sorry, if Port win... Um, I think you guys are able to make the top four. Are you, are you sitting there and yeah. cheering or are you just going business as usual? Oh, I've been very tempted to ring up Kenny Hinkley this week and ask him does he want any assistance with uh, <laughs> the, defeating the Western Bulldogs. Um, oh, look, mate, two weeks ago, I didn't think we had a chance to, to finish in the top four. So, I'd, you know, we'd resigned ourselves to that fact and we're just looking to try and play our best, the best footy that we could and, you know, hopefully finish fifth and get a home final and, and sort of, you know, take it from there. But um, as it's turned out, we've had a... I think we've won by about a combined total of 150 points the last couple of weeks. So our percentage has really shot up. And I think we're only 1% or so behind the dogs. So, and, and, and in with a realistic chance. So, uh, oh, look, I'll be watching on Friday night. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one for the players, isn't it? How, they, how will they feel if the dogs win? And how will they feel if the dogs lose? That shouldn't make any difference to us. But... Um, um, obviously, it'll be nice to be playing on Saturday against the West Coast, knowing that if we win, uh, we can jump up into fourth spot. Because you're, you're right, there's no doubt it's better to be in the top four than in the, the bottom four of the eight. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Now, one more before we do let you go. Uh, Jack touched briefly on the Luke Hodge contract. Now, obviously, you've got some contacts back to Hawthorne. Hodge, uh, Birchall, another Tasmanian. Have you reached yep. out to your mate, Alistair Clarkson, and can you fit him into your soft cap? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, wouldn't, wouldn't it be good to have him at your club? He's got so much knowledge and uh, coaching skill. I, I've had a few conversations with him um, over the last few weeks. Um, I'm sort of really dis- I understand that coaches, their time runs out at various clubs. I'm just really disappointed in the way that it's, it's happened at Hawthorne. I reckon 
if anyone deserved to go out in, in a pretty uh, good way with not too much controversy, it would be Clarko, but it seems like that hasn't been able to be the case. So, because uh, uh, his contribution there has been amazing. I don't, I don't know whether people can remember what Hawthorne were like when he first turned up, but they were in all sorts of financial trouble and things weren't good. And now they're a, they're a powerhouse and really, really wealthy club on the back of winning a lot of flags and, you know, probably gone from having 30,000 members to 80 or 90,000 members. So it's, his contribution has been uh, enormous and, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for the fact that, that I um, was able to, to work with him and I learned a lot off him. And, uh, um, yeah, it'll be, as you say, it'll be good to have him up here, but he's always there for a bit of advice and a, and a bit of mentoring. And, uh, you know, I hope the Hawks can... Win a game for him this week. I know that they're playing your team, Jack. But I'll, Calm down, folks. I hope that's for Clarko. I uh, finished on a strong note, which is uh, which is fitting. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a star of a coach, and uh, hopefully he bobs up somewhere else uh, in the not too distant future. Maybe maybe he might have a spell next year. But um, uh, with a bit of luck, he'll, he'll be back coaching someone, and they'll be a pretty hard team to beat, no doubt. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, And for all the Tasmanians out there and the people of Hobart listening to this, if your side is out of the finals, the Lions aren't a bad team to follow because not only is their coach a great Tasmanian, you've got Grant Birchall, Mitch Robinson. I think you've got a few assistant coaches there. Zane Littlejohn, who's an ex-North Lonnie boy, he's coaching as well. Uh, So the Brisbane Lions are, I would say, the breeding ground for Tasmanian talent, folks. So thank you for joining us, mate, right here on SCN Hobart. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks, boys. There you go, Paney, the coach of the Brisbane Lions uh, who cut his teeth and probably his shins and his knees at the Queenstown Football Club growing up. Well, we're going to head to a break, but after this, we've got more right here on SEN Hobart.